1: We are in a series called Love Like Jesus, and, and I believe it's, it's an incredibly important series because um, Jesus loved in a very unique way, uh, and I think it's worth noting, and I, I think it's, it's, uh, it was incredibly unique, and it was appealing to people who, who consider themselves nothing to be like Jesus. So there's some hard things that I have to say up here on stage right now. This is one of them. Who knows how to say that word? I don't. Worcestershire. How many syllables is in Worcestershire? I don't know. This is another word I hate, and we just said it. Rural. It's so weird. It's just like a grunt. You know? And uh, yeah, I also hate this word, too. I usually just say brewing company, right? It's just safe. I don't have to sound like an idiot. Just brewing company. Now, there's another thing that's really hard for all of us to say. And it's actually two words, and I'm going to put it on the screen. Screen. That screen is also a hard word to say. I'm sorry. You feel me? That's a hard thing to say. And maybe you said that, that phrase a million times, and you'll probably say it a million more. And there's probably a million times you should have said it, and you didn't. I'm sorry. Saying I'm sorry is a part of life. I have, I have two boys. I have three kids, but I have two boys. And they say this word a lot. I make them say it. And they, and they just go like, sorry. Whatever, sorry. And I'm like, no, no, no. At least say, I'm sorry. You know? At least say, I'm sorry. And as many times as, you, as you've said that word, I'm sorry, you've probably heard that phrase, I'm sorry. You've, you've sat across the table from a family member or a friend or a coworker, and they've said, look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, and that... That apology, that, that receiving an apology, leaves you with a decision. And that decision is this. Will I forgive? Will I forgive? Now, the simple answer to that is yes, of course. Of course, right? It's a good thing to do. I'm not a bad person. I want to be, I want to be a good person. So, yeah, I'll forgive you. But, but for me, this raises some, some actual internal questions. And, and here's some more questions that this question raises Do I want to forgive them? Did they do something so bad to me that I just can't get past it? I'm just not sure if I can get past the pain that they put me through. Or, or if I do forgive them, I lose power. And maybe I want some power over them. Maybe I want to play the victim a little bit. So do I really want to forgive them? No, I don't really want to forgive them. The next question is this. Am I fully forgiving them? Am I fully forgiving? Yes, I forgive you. I'm not going to blow up at you. I'm not going to sock you in the jaw. I forgive you. But maybe I leave a little sliver of something there. Just, 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 just there. Just just enough that I could throw that back up on a rainy day. You know, married people. We're really good at this. Well, you remember when you did that? Well, you shouldn't have done that. Well, at least I never did that to you. Remember when you did that years ago? Oh, there was a sliver still there. I kept it. I kept it. And this is another tough question that that will I forgive question raises. Will my forgiveness enable similar behavior? If I forgive you, are you just going to turn around and do the same thing to me again? Now that's a tough question, especially with family, cause you love them, but I don't want to get hurt anymore. And so if I, if I forgive you, if I forgive you, then you're just going to do the same thing every single time. My hope for today, if you're anything like me, you may find yourself asking these, these questions. You may find yourself maybe in multiple of these questions when it comes to forgiveness. So my hope for today is for us to realize how harmful, how very harmful unforgiveness is. How very harmful to you and the people around you not forgiving is, and why it's so important, not just to us or our relationships, but why it's so important to God that we forgive. Now the Bible is full of redemption stories and, and, and people who did some bad things and, and, and people who did some good things and, and people who made mistakes. And, and the is also full of God using these mistakes for good and God restoring relationships. And the Bible is full of forgiveness. And one of those stories about forgiveness that I believe shows the love of Jesus is about a man named Joseph. Now, Joseph is an interesting guy because he was really loved and he was also really, really despised. Joseph was, was one of Jacob's sons. Jacob had 12 sons. Moms and dads, bleh, I just opened my mouth. 12 kids? You kidding me? Or imagine having 11 siblings. Ah, I had one and it was, it was tough. Imagine having 11 and this is where it gets a little bit more complicated. We see that Joseph was his father's favorite. Now, we all have favorite kids, but we don't say it out loud, right? We keep that quiet. We keep that quiet. No, Joseph was the favorite so much that his dad gave him this colorful robe. And, and another thing that, that Joseph, Joseph had these dreams, and, and he would, he, he would, tell his brothers about his dream. So just imagine being one of like these, guys, you know, these 11 siblings and being like, man, Joseph, he just sucks. And then Joseph walks in with his coat. Hello, I had a dream about you. Like, that's, dude, just read the room. People hate you. Everybody hates you, except your father. So the brothers wanted to do something. The brothers are like, all right, let's figure out what we should do with Joseph. And one of the brothers is like, I got an idea. We should kill him. It escalated pretty quickly, honestly. <laughs> and the, the, the other brothers are like, all right, that's, I mean, if that's there, let's just back it up a little bit. You went to 11. Let's go to like six. So one of the guy's like, let's throw him into a pit. All right, let's throw him into this like hole. I'm like, well, that's, that's an okay idea. Anybody got another idea? And they see this, this group of people coming down into town, like th- coming through town. He's like, all right, let's sell him. Now, if you you grew up with siblings, you've had this plan before. (laughs) You're like, I probably won't get much, but it's better than nothing. We should sell him into slavery. And they did. They sold their brother into slavery. Now, if you continue reading the life of Joseph, you'll realize that, that God did amazing things in his life, amazing things to him and through him. I want to focus on what happens a few years later, a few years later where where Joseph is doing really well for himself and then his father dies And, and he's reconnected at some point with his brothers. And this is what we see, Genesis 50. It says this, realizing that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers said, what if Joseph still bears a grudge against us? Rightfully so. You sold me, bro. Grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong that we did to him. So they approach Joseph saying, your father gave this instruction before he died. Say to Joseph, I beg you, forgive the crime of your brothers and the wrong they did in harming you. Now, therefore, please forgive the crime of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also wept, fell down before him and said, we are here as your slaves. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good in order to preserve a numerous people as he is doing today. So have no fear. I myself will provide for you and your little ones in this way. He reassured them, speaking kindly To them. You see, Joseph understood something really important. He recognized his position with God, which therefore recognized his position with others. He saw his relationship in a correct way so he could see these relationships in a correct way. He recognized the position with God and responded appropriately. He saw himself as someone who had done wrong in his life, but God still forgave. His response was one that appropriately displayed God's love to others, especially, especially, especially the ones who have wronged him. The ones who have wronged him. Now, that sounds really great. That sounds really great until we're actually offended by another. It can get difficult, And something happens, and and we put up these defenses. And I want to talk about a few things that happen. Uh, The the first thing that happens there's two things when we're we're wronged that that we really do, it's our our natural tendency. And the first thing is this we want to make things fair, right? We want to make things even, we want to level the ground, right? So we do this a couple ways. We want payment, all right? We want payment. if you could do this, I'll forgive you. If you could pay me back on this, if you could fix this. And that's right. That's, that's okay, right? Like, you know, you broke this, you fix it. That's fair. I mean, that, that's, that's how things, things kind of work. Or if you could pay me this, I could forgive you. Now, this, this may be the most basic way of, of making things fair. You stole, you broke, you ruined something, and now it's time to fix it. Check this one out. This isn't fun. Getting revenge. Oof. This may be the most dangerous way of making something fair. This says, I'm going to do to you what you did to me, and maybe worse. You hit me, I'm going to hit you back. And that's basic. I didn't teach my kids that at all, I don't think. But they're really good at it. They're really good at it. You did this to me, and I have to do something back to you. I have to get revenge to make things fair. Here's, a, here's another one. This is, this is really fun. Talking trash. There's no G in talking. <laughs> you bring other people into your hurt. Now, this one's, this one's easy. You can do this behind closed doors. This one's, this one's it's sometimes kind of be fun, you know? Oh, yeah, I forgive you. I forgive you. Can you believe what Matt did to me? What a jerk. That shows unforgiveness. No, I, I, I forgive you. I forgive you don't ever trust, trust chris again cuz he'll just hurt you we bring other people even though we said hey you're forgiven you're fine we bring other people into our hurt can you believe she said that can you believe she did that i can't believe they did that you bring people into your hurt now this is my, this last one's my favorite one this is my this is my this is my go to the cold shoulder You guys know the cold shoulder? Now, let me explain something real quick. Uh, I'm an extrovert, okay? Uh, My buddies at the gym call me the golden retriever, all right? (laughs) I don't know why. Now, my wife's an introvert, and she uh, does hair for a living, so she's talking all day, touching people's heads all day, and then she comes home, and I'm like, hey, (laughs) come on. You got tennis ball, hey, let's go. Let's go play. Like a golden retriever. So when she makes me mad, this is what I tell myself, I'm like, oh, I'm really going to get her back. I'm really going to make things fair because I'm going to give her the cold shoulder. So I don't talk to her for like 30 minutes and she, that's, that's my limit right there. 30 minutes. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. You you, You were wrong, but I'll say, I'm sorry. Just so we can talk. But I'll let go a whole day maybe without like really like talking, you know, I'll be like short or kind of you know, distant. And she's like, man, this is the best day of my life. I can't really put my finger on it, but this is a really good day. We do the cold shoulder to show someone, hey, I'm mad at you, I haven't forgiven you, let's make things fair. Now, making things fair is one thing. There's another thing that we do that that I'm really good at, that you might be really good at, and it's this, we hold a grudge. We hold a grudge. We just never forget. We never forget. I have a, a grandfather who's, uh, and I'm not trying to throw my grandfather out of the bus, I love my grandfather. He's 102 years old. In June, he turns 102. And he's not talked to his brother for like 70 years. But that's a lifetime of holding on to something. Can you imagine how hard that is? It's a lot harder, I believe, than forgiving. Can you imagine? We just never forget. We just never forget. Now, let me just give a quick disclaimer. This is not talking about boundaries. Boundaries are healthy. We could talk for days and days about healthy boundaries, and so if you have someone in your life that you have a a problem, With forgiving, maybe you need to set up some healthy boundaries. This also does not really explain consequences. You can do something wrong to me. I can forgive you. There could still be some consequences that we have to to walk through together. But what this is talking about is you've hurt me. I maybe didn't say anything. I I maybe did say something. Maybe I even told you I forgave you. but, But something was left. Something was left there. And something happens, it grows. And, and over time, it gets bigger and, and bigger. Now, you've heard this a thousand times before, and, and I have to say it on stage with a microphone because it is the most true thing about forgiveness. But, but not forgiving someone, holding this grudge, is like drinking poison, wishing the other person would die. does it make any sense. Now, I brought some things uh, with me today to, to kind of explain and show this idea of of a grudge. Now, this could go one of two ways. The, The headlines could read, you know, pastor has a great analogy. With his bag of weeds, weeds, bag of weeds. His Ziploc baggie of weeds with an S. But if you take the S off, that sentence gets very weird. Bag of weed, I don't know that he grew in his backyard? <laughs> These are yard clippings from my backyard. <laughs> but let me explain what this looks like, what you've experienced, but let me put it in front of us so we can feel it. We can look at it and recognize it. Unforgiveness starts out kinda like this. See this little guy here? It's a, it's a little tiny guy. It starts out small, you know? It starts out pretty small, and um, I mean, it has some roots to it, right? It's real pain. And, and I, I got rid of this yesterday by just plucking it out of the ground. Now I could have clipped the top of it, and it, it would have looked like it was gone, but it, the roots were still there. You see that the, the important part about this part is it's easy just to pull out. Like it might be tough for a second, it might be tough, but it's gone. That conversation may be tough, but you forgive and, and it's gone. It, it might be tough. You might have some boundaries. You might have some consequences, but you know what? The root is dead. The root is gone. But if you leave it, pastor has a bigger bag of weeds. <laughs> if you leave it, the roots grow and they get deeper. And it starts to look something like this. You know, the, 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 the roots are, are pretty deep at this point. Yeah, you know, but it's, it's, it's fine, it's fine. You know, it's just, I forgave them. We're over it. We're just, it's just awkward when I see them and when I talk to them and I talk behind their back and then it's, it, you know. But, but this could have been avoided back then just with the pluck. I plucked it out of the ground. But, but we, we, for some reason, just it stays. It stays and then it starts... It It starts to get longer, and this one's interesting because this one, you know, I didn't pull out the roots, but it's it's pretty surfacey. You can see it from the surface, you know? There's roots deep down, but but at this point, it's pretty public how I feel. It's pretty public what what's happened. And at some point, the roots get so long. Poor Danny's gonna have to play piano with all this dirt. At some point it gets so long, and the roots get so deep that gosh, I don't even know if I can get rid of this thing. You know, like, how can I get rid of this thing? Can you believe I pulled this out of my yard? Look at this. That's crazy. It gets so long and deep and intertwined with what's underneath that it's like, ah, well, I guess I'm just going to mow over it. And the roots will still be there, but, but I'll just take care of it every week. Just, I'll just mow over it every single week. And I'll just live with it. Maybe 10 years or 20 years or 50 years of living with something that's like this. Sorry, Danny. I love you. Living with something that is there. You can mow it back. You may even spray it, but those roots, they're pretty deep. The thing that's so important is it was... It was a lot easier when it was small just to take care of it. Just to take care of it. We find the importance of, uh, of forgiving in the New Testament. Ephesians 4.32 says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Just as in Christ God forgave us. Our response to that can be a lot of things. And one of those things, forgiving each other just as we were forgiven. We see it also in Colossians. Paul wrote to the Colossian uh, people and said, bear with each other, forgive one another. And if any of you have a grievance against someone, Forgive. Wait, it seems like I've heard this before. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgiveness is a response to the forgiveness that you've received from God through Jesus Christ. It's a response. It's a response. Here's, here's, let me just, like blanket statement that applies to everyone. Uh, At one point, You were an enemy of God. Our sins separated us to the point of no return. A debt that we could not pay. A debt that we could try to pay, but we're not going to pay it. Now, while you were at your worst, the Bible says, not your best, because you probably had some good days. While you were at your worst, God said, I'm going to do something about this and sent Jesus. He didn't look at your life and say, all right, I mean, he's like 51% good. No, no, he was like, it's 100% bad. And the only way to restore this relationship is through the blood of Jesus. Forgiveness is forgetting a debt that someone can never repay. We could never repay that. And, and God forgave that debt through Jesus. And we we're called to do the same. I love this quote from Andy Stanley. It says this, in the shadow of my hurt, in the shadow of my hurt, forgiveness feels like a decision to reward my enemy. I mean, I feel that in my gut. If I forgive you, you're getting away free. How is that fair? In my hurt, that feels like a gift to you. But I'm the one that's hurt. Why am I giving you a gift? But then he says this, but in the shadow of the cross, forgiveness is merely a gift from one undeserving soul to another. What I'm doing is I'm forgiving someone who needs it because I need it. I'm forgiving someone. I'm showing compassion. I'm bearing with someone. I'm forgiving someone because I was forgiven. Real love Real love and forgiveness are so intertwined that they cannot live without each other. Let me say that again. Real love and forgiveness are so intertwined that they cannot live without each other. They can't. Love without forgiveness is not love, not real love. Forgiveness without love is not real forgiveness. They're so intertwined that they are are one forgiveness. Now, this is why this is so important. This is why we talk about things like this at church. Forgiveness is so important to God because it creates unity. It creates unity in people who aren't alike, in people who have different preferences, in people who who have different uh, ways of voting or living or. Drinking or eating or talking or whatever. It separates all those things and says, you know what? You all need love. You all need forgiveness. You all need to be unified. If God loves us the way that the Bible tells us that God loves us, then why would he be happy with all his kids fighting all the time? When my kids are fighting, it creates I don't even know chaos in my brain and in my heart and in my soul and in my house, it creates this chaos that I can't stand. But when my kids are forgiving each other, when they're, they're loving each other when they're playing together, which happens 10% of the time, it's really great. It's really great. Ephesians four also says this, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, make every effort, to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Keep the unity. I don't have to sit up here and tell you that the past five, six years have been a dividing time. There's a billion things out there, and maybe even in here, that, that people, that media, that wh- whoever want to say, you know what, you're that way and you're that way, so you guys are different. You can't even be friends. Actually, you hate each other. Is that the way that it's supposed to be? Because I don't believe it is. I don't believe that it's the way God designed it to be, that groups of people tear each other apart and put each other down just because they're different. Thanks, Oh Well, yeah. All right. All right. I'll keep going. And here's the cool part that, that like, like Lynn said, like wherever you find yourself, like we're glad that you're here. If you're a Jesus follower, if you're not, but this is not a Jesus Christian thing. Like this is a human thing. This is a human thing. So our, all of our next steps in the room could look the same today. All of our next steps today could be the same. And, and I'm going to ask you some questions. So maybe you need to ask yourself this when you leave. Who do I need to forgive? Because there's got to be somebody, right? Let me think back. Is there, is there someone I need to forgive? Is there someone that, that I, I need to be unified with that I'm just I, I'm apart from because of something they did or something they said or, or some way that they are? And, and, I, and there's, there's a distance there. And, and maybe when I'm away from them, I'm happy. Or maybe, and this, is a good, this is a good marker, maybe when they fail or they, you know, something bad happens to them, I'm secretly like, yes, they deserve that. Well, that's a sign that maybe it's time to forgive. And another question that you could ask yourself is, why can't I forgive? There's gotta be something there. There's gotta be something there. And, and listen, maybe it, it's it's... It's pain from such a long time ago that it seems like a mountain to climb for you to forgive them. Maybe the hurt was so bad that it just seems like, ah, I don't even know how to start where to begin. Or maybe that person's no longer with us. Maybe someone hurt you as a child, and that person's dead. Then what? You get no reconciliation. Then what? Brings me to my last question. What steps can I take toward forgiveness? What step can I take in this relationship, regardless of what it looks like, boundaries, consequences, what steps can I take toward forgiveness? Forgiveness. What steps can I take to restore this relationship, to bring peace in my own life? Because forgiveness is just as much about you as it is the other person. Just as much about you and God than it is the other person. Maybe that means a conversation that you need to have with that person. Maybe it needs, you need counseling or boundaries. What steps can you take today toward forgiveness? Because God forgave you in your, in your worst moment, God forgave you in the best kind of way. Our response to that can be taking a step toward forgiving another person who needs his forgiveness just as much as you did, and just as much as you do today. Will you pray with me? God, we're grateful that you love us so much. God, I pray for anyone in this room who, who doesn't know that, who doesn't feel that, feel the weight of your love and your forgiveness. I pray that they understand that in this moment. I pray that we all understand the weight of your love and your forgiveness and what that means in our life, not just for eternity, but for right now. God, I pray for anyone who is struggling with broken relationships with broken friendships, with, with someone at work who, who they just cannot seem to get over what they did to them. God, I pray for people who, who have lost the chance to, to get reconciliation with someone. God, I pray for peace and forgiveness and unity, not just in that relationship, not just for the people in this building, but for everyone we come in contact with for your people, for this planet, for human beings, for for unity and peace and forgiveness to spread. Thank you, God, for loving us so much and so well.
0: in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we wanna encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.